Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast where we have a win to talk about. Can you believe that? I'm still in the state Can you believe it? No. Can you believe it? Coleman's only gone and... Whose catchphrase is He's only gone and brought it out the bag. Pulled it out the bag for us. Brought it out, brought the, it bag, out the bag. Brought it out the bag. Can you believe it? <laughs> well, what did you want me to do? Write some, like... I don't know. It, so, it sounds like a, the, the, a fashion count that never made, <laughs> the, made the Can you believe it? <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, that the show, if we did the names of the show, it would definitely now be called Can You Believe It? Can You Believe It? No, I brought so it out of the bag. Or can you believe it? I don't know. It only works if you do it with a strange, like, northern accent. Yeah, it would be. It? So he'd be in the supermarket and he'd have, um, <laughs> like, a, a thing of... A, a two-for-one offer. A thing of, like, can't can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> carrying it round, going to people. Can you believe it? <laughs> like, that, that would be one of the sketches that they could do. I wonder why they stopped it. That's probably why it was cut from the programme, because there was only really that material. This is what happens when you don't write introductions down or anything. Yeah. And you just, you and we, just improvise and just start speaking. And we won. And you don't, but you don't, you know, it's, it's it's not like bulletin reading, is it? Where you just you write your own word, you write your own words, and then read mm. them back. You, my brain should never be allowed just to improvise and, no, and go with the flow. You can imagine what our WhatsApp group chats like, can't you? <laughs> On the basis of yeah. this, what, two minutes <laughs> and fifteen what, what, seconds. Not very good. And fifty oh, seconds of great. fifty seconds of that two minutes, fifteen seconds was the music. So. Mm. You know, strong, strong start. Strong but we, start, but we have a win to talk where? about. Nobody really cares about what my yeah. uh, my awkward introductions like. Really, it's even worse now. It's, it's gone not, wrong. It's Let's, gone. Shall we start again? <laughs> talk about football. Maybe back in the day we would have started again. No, we wouldn't. Have. We just, I wouldn't have allowed it. Yeah, you would have back in the day before you wouldn't. But arsey about things like this. Wouldn't Matthew Keelan and Michael Luff joined myself and Gareth tonight. Talk Evening. about a win. At Burton Albion, one of the most aware grounds in the country, if, to to put it all in, put all the factors in there of what makes a, a proper old-fashioned away day. It looks quite a modern ground, to be fair. It's not it's that not old, old, is it? Is it, is it old? It looks very grey. Yeah, it looks like a looks default. Like, looks stadium. like a concourse, doesn't it? Like, yeah, like it the does. inside of a concourse is like on the outside of the like pitch side. It looks like a Scottish third division stadium or something. Yeah, like that's a good. It's a good shout, yeah, like a newer like a really one. Grey, sort of disappointing <laughs> effort. Unlike yeah. the performance. Unlike the performance. I like the way I was watching the game on the uh, 
the internet that they have. Well, I wasn't now. actually there either. So. And uh, the the guy, the I follow guy, who loves a good, he loves zooming on the corner flags, get the you know get the focus shift. He loves the goal, loves zooming on the goal, at the halfway line, Mickey. He used Mickey as he did focus on <laughs> any focal point in the away and there he is again. <laughs> Every <laughs> week in the echo four times a week. And that's not even when he's written a piece for us. Well, it, wouldn't you know, be, you know, it wouldn't be in a way game ad- without, without saying Mickey. He's in the advert no. he's in the advert <laughs> for like the like for the um for like season tickets and that he finds himself in them. Wasn't there a pic- well, weren't you on like a f- End of season video or something. I was, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at the Arsenal Cup game when you were about thirteen or something, probably. <laughs> you would almost and think Ryan I stood. Or Neil. You would almost think I stood out a little bit. I know. You'd almost think I was like six foot four and ginger. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in in the most typical away fashion ever, when when we scored our second goal, Mick did just appear from nowhere <laughs> to grab hold of me and give me a good shake. So <laughs> that was uh, that was very stereotypical for yeah. for an away day because I hadn't seen him at all before that. Remember when so, I don't know where he popped up from. It was, it was just proof that I was there. It just wasn't like, oh, it's an elaborate ruse. We went to Leicester once, didn't we? We, went, we were on the way to the ground, and there he was. Mickey, I think we'd only met him the week before. He did the show every, for the first time. Every single one. He's just there, just always loitering. Remember, <laughs> went to Hartlepool in pre-season, hadn't even texture or anything. I knew for a fact that if I ordered a pint in the pub, and look behind us, you'd be there. Sure enough, turned around and you just entered the building. <laughs> Happened in the Griffin. The Griffin at Brentford as well. <laughs> there he was. He's given like one of those terrace legends, isn't he? <laughs> is the more well, like that Westie fellow that people talk about. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's more than one Mickey Luff. Have we thought about this? Have we considered it? I don't know. Well, no, Nobody's going to back me up on that. I don't know where you've got even... Your logic is buying that way. You go with it. I just, you know, maybe there's more than one. Maybe there's like a few. Duplicate Mickey Loft. Yeah. If you look around all... the away end, there's actually four or five. <laughs> no, no. It's, it a, little bit, it's a little bit like the island, where obviously, like, they kind of uh, like exactly clone you, and like one of them isn't even like a real person, just basically acts off artificial intelligence. That's the duplicates that I use. So I just you've gone it, deeper. I just think it's kind <laughs> of like the opposite of where's Wally. Because you can see him on every photo you look at. <laughs> Where's like Mickey? the trick is like yeah. f- to find a photo of Sunderland fans without Mickey being in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. what the catch is. Should we talk about the football though? That'd be good, wouldn't it? Do you know what I found interesting? Um, we, we we were very confident before the game, I think, and we did a Twitter poll, and I think something like eighty nine percent of people um, you could almost say you know not through any sort of logic because we're bottom of the league thought yeah. we'd win the game. After 20 minutes, Burton threw everything they had at us, I thought. And there were some people around me who were, who were panicking a little bit about it. And I was always quite relaxed about it. And I honestly was. And I had a discussion with some people around me in the ground because putting put it into the context of, from Burton's perspective, they're going to throw everything they've got at us because we're bottom of the league. They've been, they're in poor form. They've been losing at home. Of course they're going to say, right, from the start, in the faces, give it 100%. And that 100% didn't look good to me. They come again in the second half for a little 10-minute spell, midway through the second half. But again, he didn't really feel that threatened. The one half-decent chance in the first half where the guy got on the end of it and he, he skied it over the ball. Well, that Joshua but, said, didn't he, when he came on the show last week on Thursday, he said you'd expect Burton to go out early. Yeah, go out, and they go did. Early, and that's exactly what they did. Then they got in once down the right-hand side. Um, just inside the right part of the penalty area, and that was it. They didn't didn't do anything in that first twenty minutes, did they? Really? And this is against a side who hadn't kept a clean sheet all season. Yeah. Yet 
Now, I don't know if it's a mixture of Burton being rubbish and, and, and just our new manager bounce or whatever, but the whole way... You've got to remember when the Villa and the two goals are considered there were very unfortunate. It's not like, you know, they were hounded by Aston Villa mm. in that respect. So that's two games, really, and two defensive displays, which are far and away from what we were seeing previously on, well, under Grayson. The, um, Sunderland just kind of looked as if they were quite happy for for Burton to throw everything at yeah. them and as if they, as if they themselves expected it. And then... Thought right, well, that's probably all they've got now. And then they're just almost as if they let them tie themselves out and run out of ideas. And then I never felt like you said I never felt that they were going to actually trouble us yeah. particularly. And all they were doing was tying themselves out. We st- bec- this is, and this is where keeping the football comes into it. Yeah. Keeping all of the ball and knocking it around because we just moved it around them. Well, I think, yeah, I think previously we just gone long aimlessly down the channels or whatever. I think that was the most disappointing aspect of the first half from a Sunderland perspective was we didn't keep it, didn't keep the ball. And I think it being a feature, you know the. I'm sure Chris Coleman, first thing he's done is going, well, the f- everyone knows I suddenly give the ball away cheaply, so I'm going to correct that. And immediately we did, we passed it at Villa. It wasn't like we're cutting them, cutting Villa apart, but we've got the ball, so you can't hurt us if we've got the ball. Yeah. What? Um, Sorry, Josh. No, it's all right, go on. Um, what I liked about the second half was, is I think it's the first time this season, even the Norwich game where we won 3-1, in a way, they were just kind of like three goals where we caught Norwich on the wares on the counter attack. Wasn't a lot of structure to it, but I think Saturday is the first time in the second half I was stood there thinking to myself, "Bit Charlie Nicholas there sitting there thinking." Um, <laughs> you were standing, but, oh, not I very aware. I, I, I was standing because it was away, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, um, it's the first time I really felt as though we controlled the game. Even when we weren't creating a great deal, we uh, we controlled the ball a lot, and we were actually creating chances. We weren't just relying on Burton Albion mistakes and. I think we actually forced them into making mistakes as well because there were times where they had the opportunity to counter-attack but they kept giving the ball away and that was partly due to them being not very good on the day but partly because we did press them fairly well and as I say it was just impressive to see how we controlled the game even before we scored the two goals late on. It just looked like it, it almost had the, the look of a pre-season friendly to it where, where the two sides look. Sunderland didn't have to particularly play well to win the game and, and the, you could tell player for player that the Sunderland players are far superior in terms of ability than the opposition but we've seen that this season a lot and we've been spunked off some of these sides well, I think it, the, the main notice, the main thing I noticed was we've seen patterns where we've started brightly and badly faded in the second half we've seen to go up a gear in the, so midway through the second half all of a sudden everyone seemed a yard quicker yeah. fitter there was some brilliant play down the down the wings between Oviedo and um uh, Honeyman in particular when Honeyman went out there and and uh, down the right with Matthews I thought Matthews had another good game um, and credit to him because I remember when they, they came back for pre-season he was the first one through the door uh-huh. I remember like quote tweeting it going oh brilliant Adam Matthews is back <laughs> you know what fair play to him Even because season, yeah. all, we've got like a billion ride backs in Carlisle this season he had an absolute stinker mm. and, uh, and that you mm. know that that was the second round of the cup or whatever it was when we played so he'd already played a few games by then so but I thought he has turned and, around I thought him and McManaman again McManaman maybe his final ball at times a bit disappointing he'd like to see him get a few make a few more chances but he worked so hard and you know he gave the gave the fullback a difficult game and these right. are players short on confidence as well because despite the obvious lift that the new manager has has given these players you, there's still elements of the game where you can tell they were a little mm. bit 
unsure and not fully confident in their own ability. And that's only going to improve, you, yeah. you would hope. It's interesting, though, in the media that um, both Robin Wright and George Honeyman have been talking over the weekend about Coleman, how he sets out a specific game plan. And I think it's quite strange that like footballs of championship standard are coming out and talking about game plans because that should be a given. But it was obvious under Grayson that that wasn't a given and that wasn't happening. So it's reassuring to know that even though Coleman's only been there a week, there is a clear evident way that he wants to do things and he's putting his own style and his own stamp yeah, on the team already of, which is really impressive he's kind of noticed the qualities that the players have got as well hasn't he yeah exactly and chosen to use them rather than just ignore it's, them and launch the ball forward a lot of management's not rocket science it's basically like exaggerating your own strengths and kind of making your weaknesses like as limited as possible and yeah. making sure your team yeah. can't take advantage of them well he said before he even took the job that he, he had a Sunderland 11 in his mind anyway so that shows how thoughtful he is yeah. on these kind of things because that was before Williams got injured so he's he's been looking at it as far back as that. He's also um, commented on the next opposition, as in Reading, saying that they play very different to everybody else and they've got all week to work on that again. And as Michael said, it, it, look, it is a given. And I'm sure Simon Grayson did have some sort of plan for each individual game, but it's nice as a fan to hear that and to be reassured about that, isn't it? And it's, it's kind of what we expected from Coleman after his first couple of interviews. I feel as though that Grayson was very much... It was all... It was percentage football... Like he'd gone, if you do this in this league because this is the way this league is, and you do it better than other teams, then you should win games. But the players we had just aren't suit, were not suitable to the way he wanted to play. The only player had almost, which was suitable, and he probably thought, well, James Vaughan will be the person that can I can hit, and he's yeah. going to win the headers. And but you know we're never going to be a, a team that wins like loads of setting balls I mean you look at look at them across the midfield generally in the there's not a player over six foot we're not a big team apart from well, McNair like there's not a player over six foot in that midfield even in Don I think he's 5'11 yeah. so it's not like we've got you know physical players who are going to you know get in there though it's about you know passing the ball and you saw in, under Stockneil to be fair it Against Middlesbrough, passed it and looked a lot more comfortable. Um, and we when we tried to play against Millwall as well, so it it just seems to me that there's there's two there's you know Coleman and and, and Stockdale before him have identified where the strength of the team lie and tried to implement a plan based on that. Whereas the manager before them was, I mean, he even said himself, "We know what we want to do. We're just gonna we're gonna do the same thing over and over again." Yeah. Until it works, yeah, it's like yeah, well, we've won one, one, one in fifteen. And that goes back yeah. to cri- criticising the people who give these managers the jobs because it's it's all well and good just saying, well, this is an idea. This guy's improved every side. To He's be fair, Stephen, yeah. dig a bit deeper. To be fair, someone on Twitter said that. Um, you actually said that Grayson was the best manager in the oh, championship. Where's got that from? <laughs> no, no, that clearly never happened. But it did. the same, hey? it did you were texting me? Going, we've got an unbelievable <laughs> appointment. Well, he actually went back through my tweets to try and find something suggesting that, and he couldn't. And he come up with something that didn't say anything like that. So, but that was, that was my biggest bugbear with Grayson. Was he came in? He well, said so he's he... going to go and find one. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But he said in pre-season that he looked at the team and he thought, oh, they're very comfortable on the ball and they're good at passing. He said that interview. So why do you then go out and create a problem that's not there when you've you've got in your mind, oh, they're good at they're good passing side. So play that side of football. Then why rip it up and create a problem that you don't need to have? We just well, sometimes and sometimes English managers don't help themselves. And this is narrative that they don't get enough chances and stuff. And you think, well, actually. How many more English managers are there at the top level than Simon Grayson? And if that, and if he's on a you know in the top twenty or whatever it is, then you know I mean no. 
you, I mean, it's it's a bit like when David Moyes went to Manchester United and had that tight winning team and tried and just totally ripped it up and made them in, turned them into all so runs. And I like league. that, I like that time then, when um, David Moyes came to Sunderland, Sunderland yeah. and saw a yeah. reasonably successful <laughs> know, team and then ripped it up and tried what I mean, to do something else. You know what I mean? With that comparison is that, and we, we've we've mentioned this more than once in the summer. Grayson did keep coming out and and, and saying that. Um, well, they keep the ball quite well. Well, well, use that then. If they, if they keep the ball quite well, then yeah. Well, yeah, you know that's what you're working with. And it's like when Moyes went to, he left Everton to go to Man United, and then he's like, "Oh, these players are better than what I'm used to." Well, yeah. you know, I, I don't know how to play in this way. I'm going to make them play like my old team. And, and then he said they needed. Famously it. showed Rio Ferdinand a video of Phil <laughs> Jagielka defending something, didn't he? And he said they needed to aim to be more like Manchester City. Yeah. And he had an absolute fascination about the crosses he got into a box during the game. No matter how aimless his crosses were, if he's had to have an X amount of crosses every game, mm-hmm. that was another one of his fads. Well, there you go. So we've talked about Grayson <laughs> and Moyes. now at Moyes. That's got an old current manager. <laughs> well, you know, the, you got, you've got to be careful not to get. Do you know, do you know, away, do you know what was really. You know? Yeah, yeah, you not get carried away. You've got, it, you've got the thing is, we've been starred of any. Like, and, and he said it himself after the game when you. You don't get the you don't get the feeling the winning feeling and it's almost like mentally, you know, enjoying that moment. You know, it's going to make you hungrier for it next week, yeah. rather than you know going well. You know, you've only you've only won, well, you've yeah. only won one game. You know, wind your neck in. He's, I can't remember he's the doing last the opposite. Time. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time um, being at a game when, when after the game and obviously you know you you. you Shouting and you're clapping and you're cheering because you're so happy that we've we won the game. There on the, on the stream, <laughs> so I did get a few photos uh, texted us about that. Yeah, um, but so, so you're in that moment, you're really happy, and then the players are coming over and they're applauding you. And Corman's walking around and he's congratulating players one by one. And you knew as a fan that he would head over. You, you, you just instinctively knew he was working his way over to the fans. And the build up and build up and build up and build up to him doing that. And then him sort of releasing his own energy. It was, it was like, it was like it an so explosion. Cool. It was, it was, he kept it, it so cool, hadn't he, until that point. You knew he was going to come over, but it yeah. was the way he reacted kind of released everybody's sort yeah. of positive tension yeah. and everything. It was, it was, and that's what football is about. Yeah. Now, if we go and beat Redden, he might get a similar reaction from some of the, the home crowd who weren't at Burton, for example. There was only 1,500 people there, so there's going to be a lot more there next week. A bit like... Decanio after the Newcastle game with the Everton game, you, you know you will get that. But eventually, if we get to where we should be and just win a few games, of course that will die off a little bit, won't it? But yeah. it's nice just to, as he said, just enjoy it while it's happening. Burton Albion or not? Well, yeah, and it's you know it was a big game. You could you could see from the celebration of the first goal, yeah. you know how they needed it, like they needed it and they needed to win that well, game. Win the game, like we did, I, I, I we think did have to win the game, I think. I think that was the problem. Well, not the problem, but why everybody was reacting the way they did. Obviously, it's a, it's a massive relief anyway to win a game of that nature. But when you think of the consequences if we'd lost a game, it doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Because already people will be questioning Coleman, saying, oh, he's come out with all this positive talk, but again, we're not seeing it on the pitch. Already we're getting cut adrift, and obviously Burke would have moved clearer. It was a little bit like kind of. I know it's not as late on in the season, but you remember the Norwich game under Allardyce where we won that game three 0 and mm, we, um, yeah. and we and we got ourselves right back into contention. Where if we'd, if we'd lost that game or failed to win, we mm. would have been cut adrift. And I know it sounds a little bit melodramatic, but I do think that game was absolutely crucial at the weekend that we got, oh, got the win. Like that, you know, that you could see it, and you know, and you look at we've talked about it before in in previous games, you know, where the game 
previous manager would say things like, you know, well, first, you know, 3-1 up with Brentford, draw 3-3, and he's kind of going, well, would have been happy with the point before the start of the game and kind of made the point, well, which games are you expecting to win? You've had, like, yeah. 13 games, you've played half the teams in the league, and when, who were planning to beat? I'm so, going to choose who will beat. Yeah, so <laughs> and it, it felt as though, at the weekend... Coleman's gone. He knew, he knew he had to win the game, but it wasn't just an aimless. I'm gonna dump loads of strikers on the pitch. No, you know, well, we said before the game, it, didn't we? You know, it, this game could possibly be like a massive, like sort of kitchen sink, yeah, um, yeah. effort where it ends up four four. And to be fair, Burton did that, or they tried to do that. Yeah, and, did, uh, yeah. and if we fought fire with fire at the first place, <clears> that could have been disastrous. So. You know, it was right. He was right in you know in well, hindsight you, after the game, but he was right to just say, "Let's just soak, soak this up." You Whether would, the storm and control a game because you're better than these, you're better players than these. You know the the fact grab you know grabbing almost went into a bit of a free roll in a way behind mm. Vaughan, didn't he? And he was dropping deep and picking the ball up. And I thought he had an, an excellent game again. Grabbing, he was button lucky. Keeper made a good save actually from that close range effort, and you know he was involved. <laughs> Tell you what, if in the build up to that second goal. Imagine if one of our midfielders had done what their midfielder did, <laughs> where he literally just let Graben walk in front of him and just take the ball off him. Like I've never seen anything like that before. I don't think it was embarrassing, but you know he he got he got the ball to Soro, and I would never ever have thought about bringing him on. He brought him on at Villa as well, didn't he? He actually did all right at Villa. It, look, the substitutions you, yeah. you 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 can't analyse this game and not mention the substitutions. Yeah. I mean, Gibson. We had a good game in Philly. Gibson had an excellent. Yeah, and he, he had an excellent on, on Saturday. Gibson uh, probably the, his biggest ever critic. Yeah, his last ever. two games. Uh, but to uh, be fair, he's and we speak and we'll, we'll come on to James Vaughan, I guess, in a little bit. Um, but out of all the players who's criticised by the fans, Gibson's the one probably who's got a right to turn around and stick his fingers up actually yeah. and, and say, "I've been playing for a manager who puts the ball over my head and bypasses me at every mm. opportunity. You know, what on earth do you want me to do?" And 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 he would argue strongly that you know I've got a manager now who wants us to put a foot in the ball, give me a chance from now, and also almost you know a clean slate for him. And I think that yeah, would be absolutely yeah. fair, yeah. certainly based on his performance on Saturday as well. I think well, just sorry to develop a little bit the point we made there about Asoro. I really like the way that um, Coleman utilised Asoro as well. He didn't just like chuck him on like as a pure surrogate and said okay just do your thing. He obviously had a clear plan. He put them out wide. And he was almost playing like a traditional winger by basically on the touchline at times. So and we were getting the ball to him. And when he was getting the ball, his first thought was to cut inside and get the defenders. And obviously the defenders are terrified because they've probably yeah. never seen Joel Osorio before. And two, they know if they touch him, it's a free kick or a penalty. Mm. And he had the licence to cause havoc. And also, Burton were very leggy as well. And um, they were tired. So obviously getting the Osorio like, with fresh legs with a pace that he has, I he just caused them all manner of problems. And I think that's the thing as well. Not just making substitutions, but he clearly thought to himself, right, OK, the game gets to this stage... And it's nil nil or whatever, then I can use a sorrow to do this, that, and the other rather than just, as I say, just throw them on like haphazardly. So, well, shall we? We'll go, we'll do a little breaky thing, and then when we come back, we'll we'll talk about Vaughan. We've had a few comments about Vaughan and the celebration. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome so, back to the show. Uh, we'll talk about it's the David Vaughan section now. Then, eh? David yeah. Vaughan. David Vaughan. David James. Oh God, <laughs> I'm off on a map. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it? Yeah. So Sandanta KCH at Sandanta 18 said, "Do you guys think Vaughan was out of order to get at the away sport the way he did? I personally think he needs to score regularly and earn his corn before he starts having to go to supporters. So obviously he." <laughs> The opinions ge- polarised on the this, gen- isn't it? The gentleman who uh, was having a likes to have a go at you and at us in the past uh, um, was having a go at Vaughan, and I think Vaughan actually bit. Yeah, well, he yeah, he, he called him something. I can't remember what he said, but anyway, called him a ball bag. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a ball bag to be fair. <laughs> um, but I mean, I guess there's the par- comparisons. But firstly, we should talk about the fact that he played well when he came yeah. on. And he's got himself. And back to, in I rem- there. Yeah, and I remember when, because um, I missed the Derby game and I watched it. If you remember, I was I was on my honeymoon, wasn't it? And and what, what I said when I came back to the studio, the first one was, I like the look of Vaughan because he looks like a bit of a shit house. And and Coleman said that after no, the game, that's, didn't he? But that's that's he's he's not many a street fighter, right? yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, but um, but he lost that along the way. And again, a bit like Gibson, he will say, "Well, it's not my game. I just have the ball lamped at my head all the time." And you've got to, it's a clean slate, isn't it? You feel like. It has to, well, it, it will be for everybody, and I think going, you know, on the celebration, I, I know a few people saying, "Well, Fletcher did it." Well, I think the difference is Fletcher, and I think Bardsley had done it before. They they are players who've been here for years, who were repeatedly poor, and you know, I think to be fair, Vaughan's had, you know, we've criticised him, but he's had what twelve, thirteen games, probably yeah, probably about a dozen games. Yeah, so he's he's had twelve, thirteen games. I think it, you can cut him a little bit of slack because he's probably saying how oh, we've been struggling. Give us a ch- give us a chance, you know. Like so, I can see and that you know that raw emotion thinking, you know, probably frustration on his behalf anyway. Thinking I'm not being, I'm not showed what I'm capable of, what he believes he's capable of for whatever reason. He scored a lot of goals last season, so I mean, I'm not too. I'm, I'm in this occasion. I was more annoyed about. Stephen Fletcher to be honest I thought like what that whole thing was ridiculous but you know with, with Vaughan I just think you know he can he can score every week and put his fingers he's up he's fully charged when he scores yeah. clearly isn't he because yeah. he kicks corner flags yeah. and he always runs to the crowd and mm. it's probably just you know uh, following on from that he is Saturday actually because of yeah, that he celebration is. which is Stoops, a bit of an issue Stoops rule in football excessive celebrating like, mm. like who deems it what's excessive anyway like like the excessive celebration panel, sat there, like, <laughs> like happiness and stuff. Yeah, I hope that's not a thing. <laughs> you can imagine it's it. Not re- it wasn't a retrospective. Or <laughs> I, I know, but I'll just, I'll just be I'll just be facetious. But um, I think I can see both sides to this argument. I would. Well, it's polarized 
opinion. I, yeah, I think definitely. my argument would definitely. I am a bit little bit on the fence about it, but I think the I can see why people are a bit annoyed because I don't actually think that Vaughan's been like massively singled out this season. I think there's been no, a lot no, of kind of there's been a lot of like anger like directed at the team. But I would actually argue like Steele and Wright has had it worse. Kind of ironic cheers every time they've mm. caught a cross, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which I don't like to see or hear. Matthews has had it as well. Matthews has had it. No, not you. I've just seen. Yeah, I've just Ma- pointed at Matthew and told him to get close to the mic. But he's drifting. But yeah, yeah Matthew's. Um, yeah, like Matthew pointed out, Matthews has had it as well. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's not like he's been a target for like, exactly. or anything. But then it? my counter would be like you. You have just said there. If that's how he motivates himself and that's how he fires himself up, he can he can stick his fingers up at me personally every week if he wants to. If he well, scores, I just do that. All the players know Michael. I'll stand behind the goal as well. So just stand there, body. We should make that happen. We should see if we can make that happen. What? See if Vaughan will <laughs> slip Mickey off? Yeah. I'd like to make that happen. <laughs> there you go. I'll contact the club tomorrow. For Christmas, it's his wish. It's Christmas wish to get abused by, by James, James Vaughan. Fair enough. Very niche. Um... That is a niche. <laughs> it's a niche fetish, that <laughs> But we, if we could make it happen, we would. What do people think about um, Coleman's comments on a couple of old players? Actually, I've got the quotes here. Um, right, so he sat in front of the back four second half, especially when it was getting stretched. He used his experience really well, talking to people, dragging them here and there. That's Chris Coleman on Rotten Core founder member Lee Padamon. <laughs> um, the next quote is, The first clean sheet is brilliant and good for John O'Shea, who has been marshalling the back four very well. That is Chris Coleman on the Rot- Rotten Core deputy president, John O'Shea. <laughs> Assistant to the regional <laughs> manager. Now, I, 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 look, I want to firstly say that we've been critical of Lee, of Lee Catamol's ability this season on the show and of John O'Shea's in the past it's not an ability issue, though. Hopefully this rotten core thing can just get put to bed now. I can understand when you're losing every week, you want to point your finger at somebody and it's his fault or it's her fault or it's his fault. But this thing has just evolved out of control for me now. And it started with De Canio, who clearly fell out with Lee Catamol because it was public and, and Proctor used to tell us how much they hated each other. So I don't, you know, I don't think anyone is under any illusions well, about that. Number, did he? Yeah, right. initially. John O'Shea, he made captain, by the way. Now, if this player revolt or, or, or thing was, was, if we're led to believe this was true, I don't think it's actually been fully confirmed by anyone. I don't know if the players can't see anything or anything like that. They've had to sign anything. But if there was a revolt where they went to the owner and said, you know, we, we can't work for this guy anymore. Firstly, what does that say about that manager? Because it's pretty unprecedented, certainly for Sunderland. Not happened before, it's not happened since. Of course your club captain, John O'Shea, is going to be the person to be the spokesperson for that. Gus Poyet come out and said, there's something wrong at that club, it's rotten at its very core. People have used that terminology and they've mashed it together with the player power theory under the Canio's regime. And every time Sunderland go on a bad run, it's been brought out, rotten core, rotten core, rotten core. And because those two players are the only two left... Yeah. Suddenly, people believe that you know they're ringleaders and that they're problematic in the dressing room, and I refuse to believe that would not have come out before now from one of those managers, who, apart from De Canio, picked them by the way, and Pick played them. And them. Made them yeah. Well, it's Sorry, I had to get off. Well, no, I, I don't subscribe to the the rotten core. It's amazing how many thing. people do though. 
but it's evolved, yeah, isn't it? It's, it's just a, a constant. It's, it's evolved it's from one thing, from one manager to another. Which hasn't helped by the fact that we just keep getting beat. Well, that's the week. thing. So that, that, that's why, hopefully, if we can just turn yeah. this around, and people can just stop talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Of course, look, of course, we need to move on from from Lee Catamol. It's it's a sad indictment of where we are that those two players are still playing in, in for Sunderland after all the millions of pounds. But it's been a catalogue of errors and mistakes made by so many different people. It's not. It's not because two players are running the dressing room no, no. and everybody's scared to work for them or scared to, to manage them. It starts with the appointments short as made, and then it the, these different directors of football in turn have made mistakes and overpaid for players that don't have sell on, sell on value. Yeah. The managers they have pointed have been the wrong ones. The managers have made mistakes by whether it be tactical or who they have tried to bring in and uh, the money they have spent on players. The players have made mistakes, and the players haven't been good enough in games. It's 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 a culmination of different no, things. So it's not down to two players. On Catamol as well, that season where he was binned and then came back under yeah. Poyet. That was the best season of his career, and he should have gone to the World Cup. I know people might think, "Oh bloody hell, he should have." There wasn't a better defensive central defensive midfielder available th- than him. Hmm. To be honest, to be a pure central defensive midfielder at that time, and he had an excellent season, and he, he should have gone to the World Cup that year. He was that good, but he would never. He, you know, and this is a player as well who'd be in the system and captain England and twenty ones, a very good England and twenty one team, mm-hmm. with people like Walcott in it. Um, yeah, to the final as well, didn't it? Got the Leighton final, Baines, all Leighton Baines. Baines yeah, all that group. You know, so this isn't a. You know, it's sad to see that his his injuries have obviously took the toll. Um. But you know, he, whether he's, he's got a certain been, kind of been, lifestyle or not, because some people yeah. will be will be seeing that now. Yeah, but he's got. But he's been an excellent footballer. He's never played outside the top flight in his entire career. He made his Premier League debut when he was seventeen year old, sixteen, seventeen year old. So he's not a mug. No. Um, I just think you know, it's just, it's just greater problem. If people want to talk about rotten cause, there's greater problems at the club than than. Uh, do you think John O'Shea John O'Shea's won won all sorts of players do you think he's is not as frustrated as us uh, with all this losing every week going going from the background here to to losing every game and then not only that but players to uh, fans to say it's his fault I mean I don't know if he knows the extent of the uh, conspiracy theories or not but five titles Probably six, maybe Champions more. League, Champions a couple League. of times, two Champions League, yeah. League cups, and as well, John O'Shea. I think he, play, I think he played everywhere from Man United, but up front, he actually played in goal for the last ten minutes of one game because <laughs> Ferguson saw him as that much of a reliable figure. If he needs someone to fill it at full back or centre midfielder or anywhere, he was the man he turned to. So, like, and of course, ability wise, look, let, let's be straight and say, you know, Sunderland, he wouldn't have come to Sunderland if he was still at that standard when we signed him. And he's had, he's struggled at times, hasn't he? I mean, I, I still get nightmares about when Steve Bruce used to play on right back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and yes, he's, you know, he's my age, isn't he? He's, 30, he's 36 and he shouldn't be playing, he should be playing really for us. We should have moved on, but that's down to the shock and recruitment and shock on management. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Browning, by the way, in terms of centre-backs, I thought he was a very good game. Yeah, get back on to the positive feel-good thing. Yeah, he did very well alongside O'Shea, doesn't he? Because he's got O'Shea to kind of like keep him right, basically. And, and the way we're well playing helps with that, because yeah. there's not as much pressure on the back four, because you're just hoofing the ball along and it's coming back to yeah. you. I think Browning's been all right, actually, over the course of the season. He's a bit felt I did feel for him against Forrest when he made that mistake. He got dropped as well after that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's only, probably didn't help. Yeah, he's only... It's only a burn, really, isn't he? And he's still 
you know, the reason he's being sent out on loan is because, you know, they obviously wanted to make his mistakes elsewhere. Um, you know, and that's why a lot of young defenders go on loan, go make mistakes and then come back a better player and that's why that's it so that's what he'll do when he's here. And you know, with Corny out, I don't think Wilson's been particularly good since yeah. he's come well, in. He's to, injured to, anyway, isn't he? So to, you know, so he's got an opportunity. And like well, well, again, all those players have it's got a clean opportunity. Slate. There needs to be with a new manager yeah. with brand new ideas. I think that's only fair that all fans try and try yeah. and yeah. and do that. Goalkeepers so, included, everybody included. On that point as well, I think you know there's a great opportunity now to 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 get behind to get behind them. And you know, I think the way that Coleman's handled that situation with the supporters saying there's ones who are here and they'll they'll always be here but the other the ones who aren't want to come back they want to come back and he's right they do want to come back people people who stop going probably feel guilty because you know it's such a big part of their lives they're probably thinking like you know but sometimes you've got to draw a line haven't you crowd will be interesting and you know I'll tell you what if he you know if you if you're thinking about going go if you can afford it, and it's Christmas and all that, but if you can afford it and you think thinking about it, you fancy it, go and get behind them because it feels as though it's what it's only a couple of games and it's only a few weeks since Coleman's been here, which feels as though it, it feels as though if it, the crowd would would be the twelfth man. Was, if you was... can get them go if you can get them going and, and everybody's in he gets that siege mentality, everybody's in it together. It was a better atmosphere before the Millwall game. <coughs> When it was yeah. still, when it hadn't been confirmed he's going to take over, there was definitely a better atmosphere. We noticed in the, in the Peacock with with people, didn't we? Yeah. There were more people there. People were smiling. There was a much better atmosphere. Then obviously the game, you know, it was quite funny in in, in hindsight with what the keepers did. <laughs> as long as we stay up, that that's funny. Um, <laughs> and then, but then we've won a game since, and it's and, and again people from outsiders are saying don't get carried away. But sometimes. There's a connection you can't really explain, and and, you know the, the, and Coleman just seems to. Have that with yeah. the fans. Also, why not get carried away? Like we've won for, before Saturday, we've won three games this calendar year. Like why not get carried away? If you're not going to get carried away when you win a game with your manager and start winning on Saturday, if you can't get carried away, then what's the point in following football, really? If we win a home game. I'm going straight to town. Like, <laughs> oh, me, <you> no. Know? <laughs> um, but no, um, it's interesting though. Gareth mentioned like a sage mentality, and I think that's the best thing about um, Coleman since he's come in. He kind of has just give the place a new lease of life and he's made us believe that we are a big club and we do have potential and if we get things right then we can the sky's the limit really at a club like Sunderland when you think about it then I like the fact he came out and said oh well maybe I could have gone to West Brom but then kind of what we're going to do there keep them up another season and then I'll be out in a couple of years because you know what I mean we've got a bit of a glass ceiling going on there which we perhaps don't have and as I say, I just I like the fact that he's coming and really, really talked us up, and he talks about how he's proud to be here. Which for a man who has the stock that he does, I think it's it's a hell of a coup. To that get probably him helps. In. That probably helps the players. The media have done that. Put those questions to him because they'll be reassured now as well as players thinking because they, they, you know, players know each other and talk and and you know again go back to sort of how what Ashley Williams thinks of him and some of the comments he he was saying about um, about Coleman being the best. Manager he's had basically, or, or, or the success of Will. He's never played for a club where the success has been down to a manager more than him. He played for Brendan Rodgers under Swansea, remember. So it's, it's a strong statement. And, and if the word is getting to our players from those players, you know, this guy is really good. And then the media coming out and saying, Why did you not wait for a better job than that, Chris? And he's saying, Well, why would I want to? This is a great club. That That's probably helped us, hasn't it? And probably helped the players. Well, it has to. You know, he's, at the moment, it's a, he's got to galvanise us on the pitch and off it. 
you know, I think we've been rudderless and we haven't had anything to believe in. And when when he went up, when he well, obviously I was watching it, but when he went over, and like yeah, it, people could say, oh god, like it's just a gesture, you know what I mean? But I don't know, like that release, and you could feel it. Like it did, it was like a bit of a goosebumps. Moment. I was sitting there, goosebumps going. And we were saying on the show on Thursday, you know, he just carries that well. He carries, you could see him, you know, being, you know, he's so, he is ca- so charismatic, isn't he? Like he when is. he talks, he wants to hear more all the time. You know, he's just an interesting, comes across really well, interesting guy. Um, there's a doc- there's a documentary about him. Um, you may have seen it, Dare to Dream, it's called. No, it's, I'm on, not um, it. it's on BBC, I think it's on, still on the iPlay. It's is about, it? follows him through. And then to um, to when he took the Wales job and how he like struggled initially because of obviously taking over from Gary Speed and um, he really comes across as if he's one of the most determined blokes you'll ever meet and holds himself really well every time he speaks and it, it's it's a good watch actually if anyone hasn't seen it and would like the ten like ten hour um, but yeah follows him from when he had his accident as well at Fulham. Um, and about how he came back from it. he was determined to come back and play it again even if it was only 10 minutes for Wales um, so yeah it's a good watch and it's does his crew's going all the way back with him to that to it's kind of old footage of him as well right. there's a couple of interviews right. I think he had a couple of bad injuries I didn't realise uh, that I'd heard of it but I just assumed it was about Wales no um, there's a couple of interviews I think he was out for a year and a half when he was at Blackburn as well um, there's a couple of old interviews with him and I think Shearer's on it as well boo but um <laughs> Everyone just speaks really well of him. Everyone on the program, and then obviously the Wales thing just kind of. And you, you, and you want to hope that he can attract players because of this as well, don't you? That maybe want to come and might take a play for us for a little bit less than other clubs could offer. I, I remember yeah. actually one of one of my memories from Chris Coleman as a teenager was when he played for Kevin Keegan at Fulham, and they were in what essentially is League One now, yeah. so the third division. And I remember Kevin Keegan coming out and saying he's a million miles the best centre half in this league, and Chris Coleman. What wanted to play for Kevin Keegan, and that's why he was there. And he, he could have he could have went to the Premier League at that point. So, and that is something that I, I remember. One of the things I do remember actually, as a kid, annoyingly because it's Kevin Keegan. <laughs> it's just he's you know it, it is a great opportunity. And he, he looks as always. Early signs are that he's up there. He's up for the challenge. You know, time will tell whether or not. We're all talking in eighteen months' time about <laughs> yeah. how. Well, we all thought it was going to be <laughs> this, and it, it it wasn't, and you know. And you can't believe the rotten car was still playing. And we know, we know it'd be, we know everyone knows deep down it's it's your heart ruining your head, and you're being naive, thinking you're gonna you're getting swept along in this idea that this could be the 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 person for us. Um, but you know, so I just hope, I just hope it happens, you know. Well, someone's got to be. You hope, just hope that this season, you know, hope we, we see something this season for the rest of the season, and we finish comfortably mid-table, and and then build again from there. But he does feel as though like he's a kind of person as well, like who he just doesn't like. Other managers will constantly mourn about the money. How many points didn't we have? Now? Didn't have the money. Didn't have the money. 40, need right? more money. Whereas I feel as though Coleman's gonna. He's almost like he knows like well, I'm not entitled to that. Yeah. I know the situation, but if I he knows that if he can go to Ellis, I think if he said, "Look, what I've done in the six months I've been here. Look where we are. Look where we were. You know, let's let's put something into it." And I, I feel as though, to be fair, to Ellis Short, I think if he was propositioned that way, 
I think he would release a bit more funds. But there's a difference between he's he'll have earned it. I feel as though that's what's happening. He's going to have to earn it, and then if he that's a good motivating factor. You earn the right to spend the money. The money's just not. It's not like a magic money tree where you can just splash cash all over the place. Like, like some anyone can go and manage anywhere with money. You know, Grayson probably would be doing a better job if he'd had money to spend. But he would, wouldn't he? But you know, you, not, you can't yeah. just. It, we've got to move away from this idea because it's ludicrous. You can, you can make a lot of mis. You can do a lot of good things with money, but it'll only get you so far. You can make some terrible mistakes with money, yeah, and that's done. why we are yeah. where we Build are. Build the foundations first, and that's that's what we've got to do. We've got and to have roll the right it kind back. of person wanting to absolutely, be you, yeah. And it, you know, it's a it's a it's a respecting that money, you know, not just assuming it's there and you know pissing it up the wall like some of the managers that we've had in the past have done. And that that goes back, by the way, to people like I mean, however great he was for us, Peter Reid did it as well. When it's you know. He was very reluctant to spend money at first, and then, uh, and as time went on, it was just like, "We'll buy him, we'll buy him." Yeah. Nicholas Medina. Medina, you know, well, he was unlucky with that one, though. I mean, Lesland, Lesland. Medina, want to go forgive him for because he was this wonder kid at Argentina. He was our captain and star player in the same team that Arca was. Uh, you know, had a better reputation than Arca, yeah. and you know that that can happen with. Well, him. there was a few. There was Lords, though. There's Landers, there was and then some of the first team ones. Floor, yeah. Kim Heiselberg. Never played a game with Don Sink. Um, Backy Mersemek. Uh, there's a few, you know, yeah. these players that Phil you brought Bab. in <laughs> who were on probably large, large fees and never really did anything. So and probably large wages. But the idea is, isn't it that we've all got that mentality, haven't we? As, as, as football supporters, is that we've got to spend, yeah. spend money, spend money, spend money. It doesn't necessarily equate to success or even ambition. Well, it doesn't. People talk about oh, it's ambitious to spend this amount of money. It's as you say, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a fallacy. I mean, you see what the state Everton's in, and that's come from. I mean, I mean, I saw a lot of people over summer saying, "Oh, look, Everton, they really mean business." But then you look about it, it just basically it was the equivalent of giving like a kid like a quid to go down the shop and get a loaf of bread, and he's come back with, like a yo-yo and like all these mm. like, like five pounds mix-ups that he doesn't need. But you know what I'm saying? It's just it's not fit for purpose. Yeah. And you, you know, you look at what Deitch has done. At Burnley, look at that team on paper. Yeah, and yeah, he spent a bit of money recently. Obviously, they signed Hendrick and Brady and Wood and uh, uh, the Defoe. Is it Defoe? Oh, Stephen Defoe, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and he doesn't even get in from time to time. And they've spent money recently, but you've got Stephen Ward is playing at left back in the Premier League still. I thought he, you know, he's, he's dreadful, but. Did like sixth in the league or yeah, something like that. They found a way to play. You take any of like you could say the same up and again Bournemouth spent money, but you could take you could take individuals out of those teams and put them in ours and they'd be rubbish. But in that unit it works. I think after we played Bournemouth last season we were actually talking about that and here saying that I think at the time we'd won one game. I think we were saying if we had the same midfield as Bournemouth, I would Dan Gosling, except we'd have zero points oh, never yeah. mind, yeah. like five yeah. or whatever Dan Gosling, we had. Yeah. And it's it is just no exact Science to it. I think Allardyce showed it. To, to be fair, and and, and Moyes didn't. Or Moyes, no, Moyes did have a, a structure and a plan, but it was rigid, and that were, and that was kind of it, wasn't it? Um, Grayson, I, I know. He, I mean, I don't know. Let Let's say O'Connor gets on with this group of players before we we, we you know we we start being smart asses and say how, how bad Grayson was because maybe they'll maybe the surprises in the wrong way after this victory, but. We're feeling good again, aren't we? And we're feeling positive again for, the, for this week. For this week, <laughs> but for once, 
for once you can say the fixture list has looked all right for us because this, this if you, if you could go and pick a side to play at home now, Red would be Redding, up there on, yeah. on on your list, wouldn't it? So it'll be in, and also the the dome playing away. I mean, we'll do this on the preview show, but the dome playing away where they get the ball forward quick and bully us, and that's where we've come unstuck a lot. So let's just smile for now. <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.